0: Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. And today we're going to be doing an excerpt from The Spectator's main podcast because our Trump cover piece is by Andy Bacevich and it's very interesting indeed.
1: So Andy, you mentioned that Trump's uniquely unpredictable. Is there anything we can predict at this stage?
2: Well, I think that he'll probably use the first person singular pronoun uh, more frequently than any president that we've had in the last uh, century or so. Presidents tend to speak in the first person plural, you know, we, but but not Trump. It's all about him.
1: And Freddie, in in Andrew's piece, he suggests that Trump isn't really committed to globalism. How's that going to pan out?
0: Well, I think it'd be very interesting to see. I think that, in a sense, he's a continuation of Obama, as as Andy says in his excellent piece, in that the sort of idea of American leadership in the world is on the retreat in America. But in other ways, he's obviously very different. I mean, he's a sort of negative Obama, and I don't necessarily mean negative in a negative way. He, whereas Obama was about sort of global healing and, and bringing the world together, Trump is purely is a businessman, first and foremost, and he'll just look at America's national interests much as a businessman would look at the interests of his company abroad.
1: But is it, I mean, is it really possible to untangle America's relationships with all of these other countries?
0: It will be very difficult, and, and I think there's already areas where we're seeing Trump will be a much more predictable Republican than we might have expected. I think perhaps Andy will be much better on this than me, but in the relationship with Israel, he seems to be very, very close to the largest or most prominent supporters of Israel in American politics. Is that right, Andy?
2: Oh, well, I, I think so. The, his, uh, his his selection to be the U.S. ambassador to Israel, he's, he's picked uh, this uh, gentleman named Friedman, who is, who is himself a uh, generous supporter of the settlement expansion on the West Bank. And for those, and I would include me in the group, who believe that settlement expansion makes the two-state solution ever more uh, difficult to implement, Uh, that's a troubling development. But to go back a little bit, I suggest in the the article that Obama's policies have seen something of a backing away from American globalism. But perhaps to clarify that a little bit, it's been a backing away from a globalism that puts the use of American military power at the absolute uh, forefront. Obama, to his credit, I believe, uh, has been very uh, at the forefront of trying to address global issues such as as climate change. And that's where Freddie's point, I think, is is quite apt. Uh, Trump being a business executive, first and foremost, you know, sort of what's in it for me? How much am I going to have to pay? Preoccupied with near-term benefits. Is likely to look at something like the Paris climate deal and say well the heck with that and so his his version of globalism if we want to call it that is going to be more confrontational demanding focused on on near-term benefits and if that doesn't pay off then it seems to me his great unpredictability uh, could lead to a radical shift in U.S. policy away from globalism toward what I don't know uh, but towards something that will be radically different from what we—the role we've come to expect the United States to play, basically since World War
0: II—and uh, of course, this is bad news, certainly in the short term for a country like Britain, isn't it? Because we, for a rather a long time, have been enjoying a sort of free ride on America's generosity and defence spending and so on.
2: Well, I, I, you know, it's not for me to give advice to the to the British government, but I would think that within the cabinet particularly those officials concerned with foreign policy, national security issues, there ought to be some sort of conversation going on about what can we Brits do to deflect this growing emphasis on free riding as a problem? What what can we do to demonstrate to President Trump that the special relationship uh, deserves to be preserved? I don't know quite what the answer would be, but I, I think that would be something that in Great Britain, in the UK, people would want to be thinking about.
0: Well, I, I think the answer is obvious, but I, I think our government are probably too Trump-phobic to even tolerate the idea. I th- Trump is, has has said before how much he loves the pomp and the circumstance of of Britain and the, and the British monarchy. I think his mother was a huge fan of it. I mean, I think the thing to do would be to sort of send him over here, flatter him like crazy, and <laughs> introduce him to the Queen. But I don't, I don't think we'll do it well i mean per, perhaps
2: it, it, you're making a good argument he does seem to be a guy who uh, is easily seduced by superficial you know expressions of of regard but i would personally think that a better approach might be to take a take another look at the uk's uh, defense budget and consider increasing it rather than decreasing it which as far as w- what i can see is what's been happening over the past A quarter century or
0: so. That would be a good idea if we had any money at all. (laughs) <laughs> and
1: Andy, in your piece, you talk about the security team that Trump's starting to surround himself with and how it's going to matter more than usual who's in it. Can you tell us a bit about that?
2: Well, what the most striking thing to me, I think, is the the prominence of generals. Trump ran saying, uh, elect me president, I will drain the swamp. I will, I will kick the establishment out. Uh, generals are members of the establishment. And we're going to have a general running the Pentagon, a general running our Department of Homeland Security, a general running the National Security Council, and another general advising the general running the National Security Council. So we've got more generals in more prominent places, nominally civilian positions, than we will have had in any previous administration. And what exactly that means, I don't know, but it will be very interesting to see.
0: Again, I I think that speaks to Trump's superficiality I mean I think he just cares a lot about what people wear so I mean a guy in a uniform always impresses him
2: I, I suspect I suspect you're right Freddie and you know by the time you get to be a three or four star uh, officer you become skilled I think at presenting yourself and these guys do present well and I think you're exactly right that makes a present that makes an impression on somebody like Trump and he just suddenly decides he wants to have a bunch of generals working for him.
0: Because if I remember rightly, in the build up to the Iraq war, part of the Bush administration's strategy was to get as many generals wearing military uniform on TV as possible, making the case for the Iraq war.
2: Oh, that uh, that has become one of the more, in my mind, distressing trends in American politics. Uh, Really, both parties are equally guilty. Uh, Every time we have a presidential election these days, each party tries to trot out as many uh, generals and admirals on their side, as if that demonstrates that the party itself and the party's nominee uh, somehow can be trusted with the security of, of the nation. It's, uh, first of all, that's not persuasive, and secondly, the effect is, has been to politicize the American military in ways that I think can be profoundly uh, negative.
1: And Freddie, it's interesting this phrase, drain the swamp, that Andy just mentioned. Is that going to be possible to do?
0: Well, Drain the Swamp was this sort of Trump slogan about getting rid of all the terrible people in Washington who are bringing the country down. And having lived in Washington, I can say on foreign policy, it is a bit of a swamp. There's a a lot of think tankers and sort of false prophets of um, American foreign policy who get paid a lot of money to come up with very bad and disastrous ideas that have been very damaging to America. But I think they will be on the way out because I don't think Trump or his circle have much time for them. Uh, what they are replaced with is is a more difficult question to answer. It could be something even worse.
1: And Andy, just finally, we've on our cover this week, we've depicted Trump riding the Twitter bird, um, like, like the David painting of Napoleon. Do you think Trump is expected to govern via Twitter? He seems to have been doing that a bit so far.
2: Well, first of all, he shows no signs of uh, suppressing his inclination to govern through uh, Twitter. Uh, so I think we, we have to expect that to happen. I, I expect that... We're going to have four years of him popping off at three o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> and the next day when people show up to work, his spokespersons will have to explain what he really meant and back away from it. And I personally think that that is likely to produce disastrous results. It, it, is, it is a version of, of one man rule at a time when I think I don't know who is smart enough uh, to govern the planet alone. I'm pretty sure that Trump is not smart enough to govern the planet on his own.
0: You, you don't think it might be- reach some point where it's, it's sort of nobody takes it seriously, it's, it, Trump's Twitter account is?
2: I, I think that's the optimistic I- interpretation that the government of the People's Republic of China, the government of the United Kingdom, the, the government of, uh, of Saudi Arabia uh, will learn to take these tweets with a grain of salt and And they'll decide to wait until the spokesperson the following day explains what Trump really meant and have that be the authoritative statement of u s policy I, I I hope that will uh, turn out to be the case.
1: That was Andrew basevich and Freddie Gray. For more American coverage in the run-up to Donald Trump's inauguration, do subscribe to our Americano podcast hosted by Freddie.